Hey there. Thanks for joining us on The Small Podcast, where we uncover stories of dedicated small business owners who have sacrificed to grow and have creatively adapted to be where they are today. If we haven't met yet, my name is Scott Bayer, and with me today are Matt and Courtney Roscoe from Folk in Ventura, California. Thanks so much for hanging out today. Hey. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Well, if you guys were to run into a friend that you haven't seen in a while, how would you describe folk to them? If if I were to describe our store, I would say um, we specialize in vintage um, Scandinavian and mid-century home decor. Um, and uh, we do from every part of the gamut, from sofas to candle holders to everything in between, along with some of our own custom-made items. So yeah, that's yeah. pretty much who we are. Yeah, we um, we do all of this. Uh, we bring in mid-century from estates, and you know that we buy and stuff. We also work mm-hmm. and, and import um, from Denmark. Um, we do a lot of. It's not just about furniture. We do um, just home decor items from you know like kitchenware and stuff like that. That um, is mostly uh, Scandinavian, and then we have kind of a mix with new items as well that we bring in that kind of um, complement the um, Scandinavian look, the minimalist um, look that we like, and um, and then we also have our own brand where we do um, our own candles and soaps and um, lotions and stuff like that, just other home items. Nice. And I'm sure nearly everybody does know what mid-century or Scandinavian style is, but uh, maybe for those who don't, how do you guys describe it? So for people that don't know what mid-century is, um, it it's a time period basically from the mid-50s to the late 60s, and it's up to debate for everybody of when and it begins and ends. But it was a movement, um, basically, a lot of architects and designers were designing normal home decor items like um, down to like a fork to a chair to a building. I mean, they were all art, like classically trained architects that were trying to like basically turn the design world on its head and do modern stuff, um, more um, out there ideas, kind of looking to the future for what materials, what materials, um, construction ideas, um, working with a lot of materials that were used um, through the war effort, basically, um, you know, new fiberglass techniques, um, plywood building, uh, plywood bending for different chairs and um, apparatuses. Um, and basically, um, through that, they created this modern design movement. And, um, you know, it's um, at the same time it was happening here, there was also a lot of the um, Danish furniture makers, Scandinavian furniture makers that were um, Im- implementing a lot of really classic designs in a modern twist. And um, all together, it kind of created this amazing time and space where it was just good design. You know, it's like timeless for some reason. It's continued. It's, it's, um, it's, it just never gets old, you know, it just constantly keeps it repeating its itself. Value. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And we chose to specialize um, in mostly Scandinavian, uh, Danish modern furniture, because um, one, we, that's what we like. We love the, um, we love the teak wood that's used predominantly in Mm -hmm. modern furniture. Um, And it just seemed kind of like a nice little niche for us, you know, so that way it's easier to focus on rather than trying to bring in anything and everything. 
Um, we, we, we do right. in some American furniture from specific designers that, that we love, but um, keeping it simple with the Danish modern works for us. Yeah. And um, my, my background is um, I'm Scandinavian Norwegian, um, obviously from descent from mm. my great grandmother. Um, and um, it, it's brought, brought me back to basically family heritage, legacy, all that kind of stuff. And um Hmm. we're kind of looking back at heritage of where i came from which is a really cool kind of way to look at it yeah yeah i'm not and did your family have this sort of style in their homes growing up um not particularly um you know um our house was probably very um modern modern at the time a very 80s um but um you know uh through that like um growing up um, I would go to museums and like, you know, my mom would take me all over Los Angeles when I was a kid and kind of like inspired me from a young age to where when I was 15, 16 years old, I was going to flea markets and buying some of the same stuff I'm buying today. You know, it started really young. When uh, we both grew yeah. up in really creative homes, you know, families that encouraged us, our artistic abilities and creativity. And um, we both automatically loved vintage both of our families you know love to flea market and go to thrift shops and yard sales and stuff and that's how we kind of found our treasures um and um and from there we both went kind of in that direction with our careers um i graduated from the fashion institute of design and merchandising in los angeles and matt graduated from cal arts and um I went into the fashion industry and was really inspired by a lot of vintage, vintage clothing and stuff. And he went into the um, uh, photography, into the automotive industry, and he was working with a lot of um, custom vintage cars and that was, sort of thing. Yeah, I was doing like custom car editorial photography um, for years. Wow. And um, yeah, and but I always had both of us always had um, a love of. Um, mid-century furniture, Danish modern furniture. And it was something that we were constantly collecting on our own. And for anybody that's a collector, basically you buy stuff and then you replace your old items with things that you found that you love even more. So then where do those items go? So we were basically putting them in the garage and not fixing them up. They were just there and they would sit. And then eventually we were like, Hey, you know what, let's go get a booth at the flea market and um, just to clear some stuff out. And, you know, like, we buy from the flea market, but some of the stuff we didn't think was like that great, but we just did really well out there. And we just kept doing that and kind of turning over our overflow of stuff that we were, that still was amazing, but we were kind of over. And, um, and we'd always, we'd always played around with the idea of opening a store. Like it was just like, kind of like hypothetical, you know, what would we want in a shop? You know, if we sold certain things, what would we want the shop to look like? We had both kind of, um, we both had left the the industry that we were both in before. And um, we were, you know, doing stuff that just wasn't fulfilling at the time. I mean, it was creative work, but it wasn't really exciting us anymore. So having the opportunity to see this, um, the, the stuff that we were doing sell and people enjoy it, we thought, well, why not yeah. take, take the risk? and um and start and it was a risk it was a big risk like um you know we're not we weren't in a position to say like you know 
oh, we, we have this endless income or gigantic saving. Mm-hmm. We, we scrimped and saved to try to figure out how to open the store. And um, we, we had a lot of, we had a lot of confidence in ourselves because we had done, you know, we'd sold before we'd had like a little booth somewhere and we'd had a, a small shop before. Um, and so with this shop, we, we were pretty sure, but it was also sink or swim. Yeah. You know, I, th- I think the day yeah. the we, we basically burnt through all of our savings the day that we opened. I mean, I, I can't remember. It was like we had we had barely any money in our bank account. We were just like, well, I, I, I don't know what day of the week it was. I can't remember. But like the day we opened, it was like, well, I hope this works out because if it doesn't, I don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> you know, it was like it was literally that, wow. you know, I hear people a lot of people opening businesses in all different directions. But for us, it was literally like, well, let's just put it all on the line and see what happens. And we're both the type of people that we, we weren't going to go out and borrow money and, um, you know, like start a GoFundMe or whatever. We were like, mm-hmm. we, if we're going to make this business work, then we have to make it work from the beginning on our own. So um, nice that's yeah. how how we started and it was it was just a lot of elbow grease i mean the building we moved into needed a lot of work and we just went out and uh got the tools that we needed and we did the whole remodel inside our building ourselves just yeah. the two of us and like, in a two-month span wow. we um great. a month and a half ripping down walls <laughs> taking out flooring putting up walls was it like a month and a half uh it was a month a month yeah we um well, we found we we got a call about this building and it was used for office space for a long time from a the pre, from the owner and um she was like you know i i this is a space we're barely using if you guys need it like we would love to have you here and we got in here and it was literally like i mean there were walls we had to tear down pull up flooring it was just crazy like it was insane and we only had one only one emergency room visit. <laughs> yeah. So that was good, Matt. <laughs> only one. And do either of you have a background in construction or any part of that of remodeling? Uh, no, just we're just really like the type of people that if we see it, we figure it out and we do it. I came from a family nice. of construction workers, but I've never done it myself. <laughs> so basically, I mean, it's the same thing that like people always ask, like, because we do, oh, furniture restoration is a big part of our business. We have a a small shop mm-hmm. in the back where we do all the restorations, repairs, custom built stuff, all that kind of thing. And um, basically it's one of those things where people always ask like, how'd you figure out how to, how'd you get into restoring furniture? And it was, it was literally out of the conversation. Like I just said a minute ago where we were buying stuff that we could afford at the time just for ourselves, not for resale and um, having to figure out how to fix it and make it look good. And that started and it probably didn't look good looking back at it. It probably looked horrible when I was done with it. But as time went on, we, I got better at it and we learned the process and how to do it right and just kept doing that. And that's basically how we've approached everything and through, yeah, through our lives. It's just like, I don't want to wait on someone else. I'd rather do it myself and get it done. And if you just don't have the money to, yeah. to pay somebody yeah. to do it, you figure it out yourself. And right. that, that's basically how we, we, approach everything which i think at the end of the day it's like i think it goes back to what your podcast is about it's um it's the the all the things a small business owner has to do to own a small business it's it's not like other businesses Mm -hmm. where you get to pick and choose what your job is i mean every day your job is something different you know um you know it could be from 
doing something at the register to to plunging payroll <laughs> to plunging a toilet to fixing a roof. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> nowadays it's um it's it's a lot of work and you have to like you have to you have to truly love what you're doing because it's a, to be a small business it's a full day every day. We have two employees with us that are really helpful and that we're really grateful for. But, you know, we we know that when we got into this that it wasn't a 9 to 5 job that we were going to be here um late and would have to be here early and we um and we that's become our lives we don't have kids so <laughs> the store is our kid and we put all of our time into it. well we've got levi he's our little dog levi, he's our mascot levi's our mascot yeah <laughs> everybody yeah. Knows what him. kind of dog is he he's a he's a, like a nine pound chihuahua boston terrier mix he's a little rescue how oh, fun yeah, he's amazing. He goes everywhere with us. Every time we go somewhere to buy, to pick up, to vacation, he's with us. <laughs> yep. So everybody you like start asking him his opinion on the new pieces that you're looking at. Oh yeah, yeah. We actually when we got our first sofa made, we couldn't decide on fabric. So whichever one he chose is the, the fabric we went with. <laughs> um, Perfect. Yeah. So I hope that that's um, amazing. We went on a tangent there. I hope that covered that question. <laughs> oh, that was perfect. Yeah. What was that vision that you had that went from you at the flea markets to we want to open a real storefront with this? Um, well, Courtney always had a, a nine to five background. I think from the second I like basically got into the work world, I've always wanted to work for myself. Yeah. Um, hmm. I worked, I, I had nine to five, like I always, and then I also worked freelance and, um, working for somebody else and was, I mean, it was very secure, but it wasn't creative, the stuff that I was doing. And, um, you know, I was working in real estate and I was doing marketing and stuff, but it wasn't, it wasn't creative. It wasn't fulfilling. And Matt and I are just the type of people that wherever we go, we look for things to inspire us whether it be, you know, an art gallery or other people's shops or, um, you know, a fashion show or whatever we were doing. And that's always something that we look at and think, oh, if we were doing this, how would we do it? And, um, and honestly, I don't even remember how the shop thing really popped up in our minds. We just were like, I think we could do this and we could do a good Hmm. job. We, we had just, we had just gotten married um what is it for four years ago four years ago and um when we got when when right after we got married literally we opened our first small shop and um <laughs> building ended up selling so we ended up opening this business but it was like we kind of threw ourselves into it and um you know like i said it was just kind of a hail mary and um but yeah i mean at the end of the day it was we were literally um we've always wanted to work for ourselves we like the control we're definitely not wake up at six o'clock in the morning kind of people. No, but we're stay up till four in the morning kind of people yeah. <laughs> to get things done. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so it's we've always been like that, where we would work late working on projects or like whatever we were doing, you know. Um, and that turned into from you know doing this the shop. There's so many like companies out there that um, offer things that you can sell in your your store. There's catalog companies and um, lots of different. C- candle and soap companies and things. And a lot of them are really saturated within a lot of the markets that are uh, businesses Mm -hmm. kind of in the same genre that we are. 
so, literally there's companies that that five other stores you know were in, in any downtown carry the same candle and so trying to find new soap. brands is it's a real fight so we decided mm-hmm. that we we're going to make our own candles and so we just we got everything that we needed to do to make them then that wasn't enough for us so we decided to do bar soap and liquid soap and lotion um so that way we have we're starting our own kind of brand on top of that and the whole line that we do um is all organic it's all natural Mm -hmm. no phosphates all that good stuff um and you know animal product free and it's just kind of like stuff that we normally are interested in we we wanted our product to be that so um you know we tried to source and find the best products we could find to create that and um at first it was just kind of an addition and now it's become a bigger part of our business which is amazing um you know we dedicated a whole area in the back just for making our products um and it's been great like we love doing it it's fun and um i think it just adds an extra layer to a downtown location you know um it's funny how it went from something that was just kind of an addition to our shop. You know, it's something that people can come in and grab as a gift to that. We have like a really high demand for it. You know, a lot of people are wow. in like their regular. Do you people. have anybody coming in just for those now? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people. Wow, that's great. And people that like across the country and stuff that are ordering it online. And yeah. um, so that's, that's kind of cool too. But one other thing that I wanted to mention is that, um, like he was saying about, you know, everything being made organic and stuff. And, you know, we use uh, either glass or recycled packaging. Um, something that's important to us is the sustainability of, of products. And that's another thing that we love about doing vi- uh, vintage furniture is keeping all of that stuff alive and things out of the landfill. So people mm. can, can um, you know, instead of going for fast furniture and deciding, oh, this broke, so I'm going to toss it in the garbage. You know, we, we really push a lot of our restorations as well because it's it's great furniture. So if you break a chair, don't throw it. You know, if it's a, a good piece, people bring it to us and then we, we will repair it for them also. So it just keeps keeps the, the life of the furniture going and it's mm-hmm. much more eco-friendly. And that's something that we like to focus on as well. Yeah. Nice. And do you do all type of restorations from uh, wood, even say wood being cracked all the way, I'm sure sure, to fabrics and um, the foam and cushion inside? Yeah. So we, um, when we first started the business, we looked at a lot of different uh, friends of ours in LA and all over that have quote unquote, mid-century stores or, you know, Scandinavian modern stores, Danish modern stores. And um, we basically were looking at that and um, just decided, like, you know, we need to be more than just, you know, number one, only carrying like the highest end designers. Um, Mm -hmm. We wanted to have something for everybody because there were a lot of different levels of quality back then and and different designers or different prices. We just wanted something for everybody. And so we teamed up with an amazing upholsterer in Los Angeles, and he does all of our custom sofas. Um, they're all made in LA. Um, so he does all of our upholstery. So any of our vintage items, um, basically we, you know, if they need upholstery, if they need foam, if they need, um, you know, even cleaning and, and, and repair, we do all that. And, um, along with, you know, legs being broken or need to be completely rebuilt, we can rebuild that, you know, um, we've built parts for pieces a lot. And, um, yeah, it's like I said, it's become, 
it's become a regular thing for us. He just recently taught Mm -hmm. himself to do uh, Danish courting, which is um, something that's common on um, some Danish chairs. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's, and also caning to do repair caning, which can be difficult. And there aren't very many people who can do that. So we also offer that service. Yeah. So basically like, that's kind of the thing since we've had the store, um, even things that I previously didn't know how to do, we've gone out of our way to teach ourselves. So that way we can offer it to our community. And, um, like I said, we have people coming down from as far as like above San Francisco to LA to everywhere in between, which is, which is amazing because I mean, as you know, and I mean, as maybe your listeners would know, Ventura is a pretty small town where we're kind of an overlooked beach community that, um, is just starting to like be it good or bad. I mean, it's just starting to become very popular, but popular place to move now, but it's amazing. Some of our clientele that, that comes to us being that they're already surrounded by such a lot of amazing locations and stores and whatnot. And, you know, it's a, it's a real honor that we've built this. It's amazing. Like it's yeah. really great. Yeah. Yeah. We really love all of Do our you see? Is there a certain part of your business that you see growing more uh maybe in a surprising way over the next few years is it more the um the refurbishing side or is it your own line of products you you know um the biggest thing probably is our our custom sofas um Hmm. we've we've gotten some amazing press through um uh the good trade the good trade um they are a they're an online um basically a sustainability blogging website and um we got featured on one of their, um, their number like top 10 sustainable sofa companies, which we were like included wow. with like West Elm and like Joybird, which is wow. like, you know, it's amazing. Like Weird. we're not, we're not, we're a pretty small operation. It's just the two of us and two employees. And we got featured on there, which was unbelievable. Um, so we do see that growing. It's just logistics of shipping and getting things places. You know, that's the hardest part of any small business. Um, especially during these times yeah covid's been a real yeah um, yeah yeah, it's been also um that aside like we'd like to grow our um our personal brand of you know like our candles and apothecary items and stuff like that to eventually uh possibly wholesale to other you know businesses and um i don't know maybe i'll write a book you currently (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> nice. Well, I mean, you have the photography, so that's uh, three quarters of the battle. Yeah. Right. That was the best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. But um, but yeah, um, just basically, like, it, honestly, the, to to answer the question honestly, during COVID right now, um, mm-hmm. basically about s- survival and just just existing right now. We um, businesses actually, we've been lucky. It's actually been really good. Um, you know, um, we've had our ups and downs through this. Um, we were closed through for three months through the first closure, which was really rough. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, um, we didn't know what we were going to do or how long it was going to last. It was really unknown at the first closure. And we were like, at the very beginning, it was like through month one, it was like, Oh, we're going to be open in a week or two. And then three months later we thought, Oh my God, is this going to go on for like four months or five months? We had no clue. We, the, the thing though, is like, at first we took like a week or two to have like, you know, minor nervous breakdowns. And then, um, <laughs> and then after that, we just kind of pulled ourselves together and we were just like, well, you know, 
we've got to do what we have to do right now. So um, it gave me the opportunity to um, set up the web store that we had, I had been planning on working on for, you know, and putting off um, and then doing some stuff, little bits of things that we wanted to actually change around the shop, things that we didn't finish when we initially opened. So we just kept ourselves busy and tried to keep our minds off it and just kept, it just wanted to be hopeful for the opening. And, um, and luckily, I mean, there are people out there who were stuck at home and they decided, I don't like this dining table I have after all, you know, I don't, I, 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 you know, we're, we're drinking a lot of cocktails, so I'd really like some nice vintage glasses or a bar or whatever. And so eventually a few, you know, people started rolling in and contacting us. They'd see things on our Instagram that we were still posting. And, um, and we had a lot of, a lot of support, even, even down to just some of our customers, you know, just calling and, or emailing us and saying, you know, I hope you guys are doing well, what can we do to help you and stuff. So, um, it was really, it made things a lot easier for us knowing that there were still people there that were rooting for us. And, um, it made it, you know, a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, so, and, and we, um, also, well, through that too, it was funny because we, um, had posted, you know, we, we didn't, we basically just wanted to, to reopen. So we were trying to figure out ways to like keep the revenue coming in and, and getting stuff on our website to sell that kind of thing. But, um, what we didn't expect, which was amazing. We had a link on our website basically to buy gift certificates, like a lot of people do. And it was amazing. Cause then all of a sudden out of nowhere, um, we started getting like, it, it might've been friends or like even customers that we hadn't seen in months. Um, started purchasing gift certificates, which was was unbelievable. Um, we even wow. had lead, lead singer um, of Journey, oh, yeah. Steve, Perry, Steve Perry, randomly came in here uh-huh. a month before. We yeah. ran. We never thought that he'd think to to even check out our website again, and he ended up buying a gift certificate, which was pretty funny, pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Steve Perry. But uh, <laughs> and do you think? Yeah, shout out. Uh, do you think that? Uh, that they were buying it, the gift certificates to support you more, or did they say I'm going back in for something? Um, I think people were basically knew. I think people knew what what the shutdown was doing to everybody, and I think that it was kind of like I'm going to come in later to pick something up, but like here's here's a, here's now. here's some money now because I would rather be I I would I want to shop in your store now, but I can't so. Yeah, we'll help you out here, and that was amazing. Um, yeah, we were pretty amazed. It was unbelievable. We couldn't. We even had, you know, some of our customers that were like, you know, we got the stimulus check. We don't need it because we're, you know, we're still working or whatever. So um, I want to, you know, we're planning on shopping in small businesses, and so they, you know, came down and they would shop, you know, because. Uh, they just wanted to help and they wanted to help downtown. Yeah, we have, I mean, I wouldn't want to bring up, I wouldn't want to bring up their names, but, um, an amazing couple in town. Um, you know, um, he's a school teacher and, um, she's a stay at home mother. And they came in and said, Hey, we just got our stimulus check. Um, we just want to spend the whole thing here. And like, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, you never know what people's means are, but like, it's like, I got teary eyed because it was just amazing to just be like, Hmm. they contacted us and said, we just want to come by the store and just use our stimulus check in your store. 
And um, that was pretty unbelievable. Like stuff like that. It's just people really stepped up community really like went out of their way to support our downtown. You know, um, I know the same thing was happening with, um, you know, like Findings Market and, um, mm-hmm. um, you know, different, different retail locations yeah. down here, which was amazing. I mean, people really went out of their way to support these, these businesses, which was unbelievable. Yeah, it was really nice. It made, you know, because in a time when everybody was, you know, quarantined and alone, it made you feel a little less alone. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, but then, you know, on the other side of it, once we opened, um, you know, we started seeing more people wandering in and, um, and really wanting to support the businesses. And I think part of it had to do with, they wanted to have their homes a little bit. They also were like, well, we're, we're not going on vacation this summer, so we might as well redo things in our home. Um, and so it actually, things really picked up and it wasn't so doom and gloom for us over the summer. And, um, and we actually had some really good months. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, that's basically what we had to go through with that. Yeah. Yeah. And what were some of the big changes you even said to your website? Uh, it, it's always fascinating to me in the beginning of COVID, a lot of people had to say, like, we have to adapt to be online uh, or to do something different. Uh, and it's interesting to see the things that maybe you had always intended to, maybe like what you mentioned, uh, that you'll keep going forward. Um, well, we added our online store. So oh, that's huge. Yeah. So um, I had already had some of it set up, but didn't really put, you know, as much effort into it. I, you know, I kept getting distracted doing other things. So, um, that obviously it motivated us. We, we basically said, if we want to survive, we have to adjust to what's going on and what's in front of us because we don't know how long this is going to last. Um, and right. so we had to be, uh, accessible to people who weren't going to come into the shop. Um, so yeah, we, we added the online store, um, and um, we were doing a lot of um, FaceTime calls with customers, you know, regarding like they wanted to order sofas mm-hmm. and stuff. So they would look on our website. We added all of our sofas and chairs and things. And then we would FaceTime with, you know, fabric swatches and that sort of stuff. So, um, hope I mean, I kind of fell behind a little bit with our shop, uh, our web store, but it's it's still moving. And I hope to make it, you know, Extend it just a little bit more, add a little more, more things on there. Yeah. And Courtney builds, Courtney has built our entire website and she upbeats, uh, she upkeeps it and does all of our web store stuff. Um, so like I said, yeah, it is like, like I was saying earlier with your job is literally all over the place where like having to do that and then having to market it and having to like promote it. I mean, it's a lot of work being a small, I, I'm not complaining at all. I love it every day that I'm able to do this, mm-hmm. but it, you know, it's it a, lot a lot of work and trying to stay on top of it. I think people, people don't always realize that, that like, um, that, that they don't have a social media crew behind the company, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah and we're not, yeah. we're not those people that, um, take off and let our employees run the store <laughs> or anything. Like we're here every single day. And, um, unless, you know, unless we're out buying, uh, buying something and we're, we're still working, but just not literally in the store. Um, and I guess we're just controlling that way. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a very common theme with every small business owner. I know 
is that yeah. it's a, it feels like it's a minimum 60 hours. Yeah. Like yeah. guaranteed yeah. minimum, but most likely 80 per week. Uh, so it's just yeah. definitely a different lifestyle. This guy talks furniture in his sleep sometimes too. So <laughs> <laughs> the Karen bone caller, uh, teak wood, yeah. uh, I'm not even, she's not even joking. Not she's all, joking. you were talking about it. You were talking about like, you sound like you were selling somebody a chair in your sleep. And I'm like, that's just depressing. I just, like, <laughs> my brain, even when I'm You're sleeping. You're like, well, do they like it? I mean, yeah. I, did, do you hear the end of the story? <laughs> yeah, looking back, uh, have there been any surprisingly challenging parts uh, or also surprisingly really great parts of being in the furniture business? Um, I think challenging i don't know i feel like um surprising honestly is that um what one of the big things is is it's funny everybody has this i mean i hope this answers the question it's just not me going in a circle but um the funniest thing in ventura though having a store in general right now is that everybody has this preconceived notion of like what a small business owner is or what their background is and i mean the thing is is Small business owners have all kinds of backgrounds, you know, it depends on what kind of business you're doing. But we have people that come in here and have this preconceived notion that we're from, oh, we moved here from Los Angeles and that like, we moved to Ventura for whatever reason. And it's like, no, like, she grew up here. I was born and raised in Bakersfield. So it's like, we're not the general story of some people that just came to town randomly and decided to yeah. open this. We actually had somebody come in and he's like, let me guess your story. You worked and lived in LA. <laughs> And then you you traveled up in your van to Ventura on a trip, <laughs> and you just loved it so much that you had to stay. And then you, you brought you know little Los Angeles with you, and which is kind shop. of insulting. Wow, you know? but um, but like, like, no. just that idea that like oh, there's no way. Like, first of all, no. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. You know, we even from the beginning we we always wanted to open the business in Ventura. Um, you know, we had had small mm. discussions about where to open the business, and we were like, you know we have to do it here and we'll see if it works. And it's been amazing. Like, we yeah. both lived and worked in LA a lot. Um, and we commuted to LA a lot. We chose to stay in Ventura. We realized it takes just as long to get to LA from Ventura as it does getting across LA most of the time. So it's true. we decided to just, you know, stay here and, and individually. And this was even before we met and work in LA and stuff. And at one time we, decided where we had thought we were going to move to LA again. And we figured, no, this is home. This is where we're going to be. And, um, you know, why, why do this somewhere else? You know, this is us, this is our home. Uh, we don't want to, to take it to another town. We don't want to go to Ohio or Santa Barbara or something. We just want to be here. So I do have an answer for your, what's the most surprising, the most surprising. And I think a lot of people are surprised by is people see mid-century modern furniture and they automatically think that like, because they see similar stuff at Target or wherever else, the you know, mm. modern style that our clientele must be in their 20s, you know? And it's funny because most of our clientele are people that are, you know, retired, people that, um, that, are, that are, you know, 50s, 60s, People that wanted this, saw this furniture, or grew up with it, or, or liked it, like but couldn't afford it, or whatever other reason, and, and now they're in a position to acquire these pieces. Um, that's been a surprising mm -hmm. part, like of of what age group is our clientele, and you know we have all different 
kinds of people, but that was a surprising factor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and one of the best things that, that we've gotten out of this business too, is all the great people that we've met. Like we've, hmm. we've met a lot of people in town and, um, cause we're pretty much like all our life is work and home. <laughs> so the people that come in have, you know, really, we try to be, um, we try to be as friendly as, as possible with people because that's just who we are. But in turn, we ended up making friends that way. And, um, you know, we'll yeah, some see- of our best friends are people that we've met through the store, which is awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and the, the things when people come in and we ask people how their day is, is because we actually do care, you know, they're people that we see every yeah. day. We want to know like how you're doing and stuff. And, um, but yeah, I think, um, and then some of the funniest things is when people come into our shop and say, I've always hated this furniture and walk out. We do. We do get that. There are people that literally come in and go out of their way to walk through our whole store. And then afterwards they're like, Oh, I grew up with this furniture and I always hated it. And it's like, Oh, thanks. <laughs> You're like, well, I appreciate your time looking at it again to make sure that you feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. Or they'll come in and tell us how expensive everything is. Like why that our store is too expensive. And we're like, well, you didn't even look at anything. Let's cut that out. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, can you talk about that? So I think with any quality handcrafted piece, uh, that may be one of the first things that people would see. So let's say somebody likes something there in Target. Uh, They see it there. Maybe they've seen something in a Mad Men episode and they say, oh, that's the same thing. And they see Target and they see a chair um, that maybe looks like an Eames um, chair, like if one of those fiberglass molded ones. And they see something that's 50 bucks and they might come in to your store and see something's few hundred dollars, or let's say a sofa is a better example. You've got a couple hundred dollars first, um, more than that. What goes into your products that makes it so much different? So, um, number one, um, which there's nothing wrong with Ikea, but to start like basically like, you know, like Ikea, it's great for certain, like, you know, college students. If you need a bookshelf or like that kind of stuff, but it's, it's not the quality that you're going to be able to use your entire life or have for years to come. It's it's something you buy in the short term. You're going to go and put it on the curb. Most moving companies won't even move that furniture. So um, basically, I mean, the idea <laughs> of what quality mid-century is, is um, it's something that you're going to have forever. And not only that, but it has it has value. It goes up in value. So let's say you buy one of those... Eam style, um, they're they're most of the time they're plastic now chairs. Um, you know, you're buying it cause it's $65 and, um, but it's going to go in the, in the alley, it's going to go in the dump. And that's what Courtney was talking about. The sustainability factor of keeping things alive. These items, they're, they're, they're valuable because of the design aspect, because of the quality. Um, and you can only, like, if you buy it, you're always going to get your money back. Um, not that that's a reason to buy it, but yeah, no, 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 it's, it's, (laughs) it it is true. It's like, um, it holds its value. So if by chance, like, like we did, we found something else that we liked, you can still get your money back. You don't have to toss it and buy something else. Yeah. Um, it holds, it will hold its value, um, it's, it's because basically like a lot of the stuff you see at the other stores, even if it isn't directly connected to a designer, um, the stuff at Target, um, it, it's a copy of something. So it kind of 
takes the value away. I, I'm in the mindset where like, it's fine. It has a purpose. It is what it is. I'm not like burn it all. It's horrible because it, it, it does serve a purpose. <laughs> but like at the same time, mm-hmm. it's never going to have, it's never going to have any value more than what it is versus a, a chair that's made by Charles and Ray Eames. Like it, let's say it's a fiberglass, uh, I mean, a Eames lounger, you know, that item not only did a lot of heart go into it and design and thought and, and everything else in between, but it has a history. It has a story um, before you, which I, I mean, that's a big factor that I love about it is that, you know, someone didn't just buy that piece because they just needed a random piece of furniture. It was a real thought that there was a real thought that went into right. purchasing and acquiring that item and then putting it in your home. It was just a different, it's a whole different mindset than we have now where, it's just about designing your whole house on one trip to Target. And you know? also, um, I feel like right. around that era was around the last uh, when companies were making really um, well-made furniture. You know, everything else became how how, how inexpensive. Cheap can we make it? Yeah, how inexpensive can we make it so we can get more out there? Whereas there's a lot of thought and process and. Um, that goes into this. I mean, if you sit in a uh, Danish dining chair, that's all wood, you would think that it's a wood chair. I, you know, I can't sit in this for more than, you know, 15 minutes and you could sit in this chair for hours because it was just made purposefully to be comfortable. And it's just um, super ergonomic, super comfortable. And they're just, yeah, it's, that's a big factor. One thing that a lot of people don't know is that, a lot of times, which I find funny too, is that like, let's go back to the Eames lounger that um, if you buy a beautiful vintage Eames lounger, you're probably going to spend less than you would if you bought a brand new Eames lounger from Herman Miller today. And the funny part is, is a lot, the wood quality isn't going to be as pretty. Um, they're built really well. They're amazing, but like, but you can't source a lot of that wood anymore. It's, it's become endangered or whatever, you know, for whatever reason, mm. but it, what it is at this point and it's you're just going to get a prettier chair and you're not going to pay as much which is funny it seems like the original should always be more but it's not that's not the only the case yeah so um a lot of times people will get a catalog for herman miller or design within reach and think oh yeah i can't you know i can't afford that and it's like well but you might be able to buy the original yep like a piece that was made during that right text or artist lifetime which for me makes it more special you know, they, they oversaw the process. Yeah. And everything was just way. And it is amazing to see the way that the quality lasts. Like we have, uh, some chairs from my wife's grandma from, I believe the fifties or sixties. We still have them in our house. Um, and I'm in the process of refurbishing one of them. Um, like 30 hours of sanding into it. <laughs> uh, chairs but, are the worst yeah, I think there's something so special about also passing on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because I mean, I really do think it marks a, a, a moment in time, like, um, you know, where people's either trying to have fun with a piece of furniture or, you know, creating these lines that just make you think like it's more than just a regular, it's just more than just a chair. It, it has like a life of its own and, um, okay. not too crazy about it, but I think that's like why we love, we love the furniture, the style, the design. It's not just about, you know, oh, it's a chair and it's cool and it's this much money. It's it's literally 
the heart and and the soul behind it, you know? Uh, What I love about the Danish uh, furniture that like we bring in, a lot of it's made very, it's a lot smaller scales than like American furniture. And, you know, a lot of homes in this area are Mm. smaller. And so they're so useful. You'll find, you know, a piece that's a desk and a bookcase and, um, you know, an extra uh, storage in it. There'll be, you know, a credenza where you, you can store all of your dishware, but it's also a bar. And, you know, I mean, it, there's so many, so many uses for, for the furniture. So that's kind of what I, I really like about it too. Cause I'm one of those people where, you know, I like, I like to be minimal. And if I have one piece, it's going to be useful multi-use. for multi-use. Yeah. yeah. Multi-use pieces. So, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, you were going to say. That's true. And a great use of space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I were to come into your shop, uh, what are you most excited about um, from your products that you have? As in, uh, is there anything that you, that you really are happy with the design of? Uh, I mean, not to keep beating a dead horse, but I love, I mean, our sofas, we put a lot of time into them and, and um, alterations and um, trying to get them right. And, um, you know, we keep, we've added a couple more designs. I mean, I think that's like the biggest thing that we're directly connected to. Mm -hmm. But I mean, on that same note, I love like uh, when I finish a good restoration and it looks amazing. I mean, that's probably the biggest thing because my hand is directly connected to it and Courtney is involved in it and it's, it's something that we're doing together. And I mean, I think that's the biggest thing is, is just being involved in that process. And, um, and like you said, you're, you're redoing, you're redoing those dining chairs for yourself. It's like, once it's done, it's like, you're going to have those and hopefully you'll have them and maybe you'll pass them on. Maybe, someone else will end up with them and and they'll love them for years to come and pass them down. But it's just the fact of like, now you're involved in the story and, and um, you were able to keep that, keep that going, you know, and, and it's big, you know, it's, it's, it's important. I think, you know, could you hear that? Bumping a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're working on a dog. No, no they're working on the roof. They're working on the roof. No. Um, Is that your dog in a band practice? Yeah. <laughs> um, I think well, some of it's kind of the same thing that like when we get pieces in and we get to see them in kind of like poor condition and then they go through the restoration. Um, and then like when, if it's like a chair or something like a lounge chair and we've picked out a new fabric, but that's, you know, it's reminiscent of the same era and just to see the new life that it's brought in is very exciting for me. Um, because then, especially when we do the chairs, because then it's like both of us, cause he does a lot of the woodwork. And then when I pick out the fabrics and, um, the design aspect of, of that, and, um, I feel like that's really exciting. Usually when we get a good lounge chair in is the first thing I always show everybody when they walk in the store. Yeah. You know, I was just thinking, nice. um, another amazing, another thing that we've really found that's, that's really amazing is, um, you know, there's customers that we have that, you know, they've been, there's a couple that came in a while back and they've been married for 25 years and um, she purchased a dining table. And for us, it was like, Oh, cool. You know, you like the dining table. We'll deliver it. We delivered it. She was happy with it. And then I got an email like two days later and she was like, it's funny because it's just furniture and not to make it bigger than it is. But like, she was like, it's amazing. Like we haven't had a dining table in this room for, I forget how many years it was, but it was, she was like, now me and my husband are having dinners around the table and 
you know, having these conversations. And mm-hmm. it's amazing, like when people come at you, come back at you with that, when you think you're just restoring this old furniture and making it look cool and, and, and getting it off to a new home. But I mean, this stuff is part of your daily life, which is amazing. Um, yeah. You know, you start to look at it like that. It's just like, it's really cool to think that like, oh yeah, like that one silly dining table made this big difference in these people's lives. And she was super stoked about it. And it's, it's, it's changed the way they interact, which is amazing. You know, like it sounds crazy, but it, it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. That's so true. I mean, you think about that. I think of home lives. Everybody's looks a little different, but I'm sure everybody can think back to what it was like hanging with their parents or siblings or other family members. And usually it involves some part of a furniture piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's pretty cool because depending on how you've designed it will then change somebody's memories of growing up. Yeah. Which and is pretty also, powerful. Also, I think not only just like the memories, but also like the vibe and the feeling of what, what the room gives off and what it feels like, you know what I mean? It, it has having these vintage items or, or antique items. It's like, they just bring soul to your, to your house. I think that they add a little bit more to it than just the sterile items you can buy at the big box store, you know? Yeah. They definitely complement. I mean, because not everybody has to have a fully vintage home, but they do complement things that you would put in your house. Um, and I feel like they, you know, what I love about it is that they yeah. in any, any home. So, yeah, we always get, we always get people asking us like for design advice or like, you know, like, Oh, will this work with this? And, you know, we always tell people like, Hey, you know what, this might doing this whole room might not be in your budget, but like, you know what, if you, if you were to get this piece and this piece, then it might, you know, it'll bring that look into the room and it'll look a little higher end. It'll look nicer. And you know, there's ways to go about your design style that, that you wouldn't think of that. Like, you know, you think like, Oh, I can't put that old item with this new item, but that's not the case, you know? Yeah. 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 It's getting a little nice. crazy up there on the roof. Uh, well, looking forward, what? say it again. It's getting a little crazy up there on the roof. I know you'll dance party going on up top. <laughs> Is that going to be okay? Uh, that's right. I might be able to take it out. So we'll see. If not, maybe we'll just put a little uh, music to the background and uh, it's intentional. Yeah. Um, Well, looking forward, what's the best way for people to connect with you guys uh, and uh, to support you? Um, I think, um, you know, we always love to see people in the store, but um, obviously not everybody is, it's not accessible to everybody. So um, it's it's always great to go on the website. We're going to be getting more stuff on there soon um we'll be getting that restocked and um and, and, and follow us on instagram at um at folk home uh we post a lot of our vintage items and larger pieces of furniture on our instagram uh we do deliver um we right. deliver anywhere santa barbara la yeah. deliver san francisco san francisco so um so yeah so even if you're outside the area we we're still here for you and you can still be our customer. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, and are you guys working on anything in the future that we can keep an eye out for? <laughs> um, well, <laughs> like I can't even think with this <laughs> before, before the, all, everything with COVID we were, we were talking about, we were looking into like second locations and, that kind of thing, all that kind of stuff's been put on hold. So I think right now it's literally just, um, just continuing to make our store better and 
um, source uh, one of a kind um, items and um, vintage and new and yeah. trying to basically um, create a well sourced curated yeah. offerings. Yeah. We're going to, um, that's the thing is, you know, we don't know what's, what's going on tomorrow. So right now we're just kind of taking it day by day, but we're just going to continue to do what we're doing, do the best that we can. Um, hopefully uh, be able to bring in more beautiful pieces. And then we're also looking at expanding our brand and also um, bringing in more Scandinavian items. You know, um, we work with a lot of, you know, American companies that we'd like to work with some of and you know, bring in some of these beautiful Danish brands and, and stuff like that. The small home decor items. Home, yeah. Home decor items that will complement the furniture and, and um, you know, the minimalism. Right now, um, we have a friend of ours that buys in Copenhagen. We thought that that was going to dry up through all the shutdowns. Uh, luckily, mm -hmm. he was able to um, get clearance from the Danish consulate to continue to buy. So, um, and we're going to be having, he's going to double his container load this coming year. So, uh, we'll be getting probably three or four containers a year from him. We'll be getting stuff from him on a regular basis, which is cool. Um, he brings in some really unique items and then, um, yeah, just, just trying to, just trying to keep it different enough and offering our customers some, you know, yeah, something that only we can offer. Right. right. I love it. Yeah. Cool. Well, Matt and Courtney, thanks so much for hanging out today. Uh, I've loved hearing your story and I honestly, I can't wait to come in and see everything in person too. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. We'll be happy to have you. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and have learned of new ways to help. For more details beyond this interview, head to thesmallpodcast.com. This project was birthed out of the desire to show the big impact of supporting small businesses. If you know of any other compelling people or stories that should be shared, please get in touch at thesmallpodcast.com. Thanks for joining me.